Good morning, church. How are you this morning? It's great to be with you. We thank you for joining us online, church. It is such a, a, a great, really, opportunity. It's been a long, long time since right in the room I have ministered to not many people. Uh, but it also, I don't know that it's, uh, it's been a long time since we've ministered to this many uh, people online. And so we welcome you. We're so glad that you're joining us. We believe that God is moving in the earth today, that he's doing some very tremendous, tremendous things. And so I just want to share a couple things with you before we get into the word that we are doing here at New Creation Church. And uh, I want to share a scripture with you uh, right off the bat. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians, the second chapter. And we're going to start in the first verse. It says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love and being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. There's going to be some tremendous, tremendous opportunities to operate and to walk in the love of God. And so here we see that Paul was telling the church at Philippi that really walking in love is not just looking out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. And we're trying to implement some things as we go through this particular period of time to where we are implementing some things, not only for your interests, but for the interests of those around us. And so I want to just let you know about, uh, if you download our app, we've put a new tile on there. It's called the Online Church App. And it really has uh, many different things that you need. There's a check-in service on there. It'd be great for you to go in there and check what service you joined us in so we know what you're doing, where you're at. It has a place for your prayer requests. We're going to be uh, checking on those prayer requests. The staff is going to be uh, uh, checking those. We'll be praying over those prayer requests. Uh, we have a helping hands tile. And uh, that helping hands tile is really a blog where you can lend a hand or receive help. So go on there. If you're needing help with something right now, you can put it on there. Somebody can see that on the app. They can uh, let us know that they want to help and begin to work on that. Also, this may be a little bit confusing. We'll try to better define it. But the town of Newcastle is doing Helping Hands for Seniors. And we're going to uh, participate in that. What will happen is they've sent out and are sending out applications to seniors who need help. They might just need somebody. They would love for somebody to contact them, encourage them, talk to them. Maybe need to go out and get something for them, bring it back. Uh, they're going to put that out there uh, to Newcastle. We're going to get an application for you, uh, figure out how to put it online. When you fill that out, then uh, we're going to connect you with that senior and you can help seniors that are in need. So our Helping Hands app, you go on to that. There will be also, they just named it or we named it. I don't know who named it first, the same thing. But there will be helping, ha helping Hands for Seniors. And that's the town of Newcastle. And we're working together with our town uh, to reach out and to minister to seniors. There's also um, uh, going to be on that. Uh, this week we're going to start Take 10. And it begins on Monday, and it'll be, uh, we'll go online, Facebook Live, and it'll be 10 minutes where we talk about uh, prayer, and we take prayer requests, and we pray together. This is an incredible time for us to pray. 
The church really has one thing. It doesn't matter whether you're social distancing or where you are. There is no distance in prayer. And so we're going to pray together. If you're at home and you've been praying, which I hope that you have, uh, it's awesome. If you are in a place, and we'll talk about this uh, some more as the weeks unfold, but if you say, you know what, with all this going on, everything changing, I don't know what to pray. Well, we're so uh, glad that the Holy Spirit was sent to us and that, that we were filled with the Holy Spirit because Romans says when we don't know what to pray for as we ought to pray, the Spirit helps us to pray. He prays through us, and it says, what is he praying? He's making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so we're going to be praying every day, Monday through Thursday at noon. We'll take 10 minutes, uh, a live, uh, Facebook Live, and we'll begin to uh, do that. As I, uh, Alan, excuse me. Um, I need to slow down here just a little bit. But as uh, Jonathan was saying that we're working on connecting, uh, we'll be staff, myself, will we'll endeavor to connect with you through Facebook Live, through our uh, social media platforms that we are uh, doing throughout the week. Also, I just want to let you know that myself, Pastor Tasha, our pastoral staff, we're reaching out to call every single person. And so if you receive a call from us, we're just checking on you. We want to uh, just let you know that we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. So even if they leave a message, if you could get back by text or, or call back, we just want to know how you are, where you are, what's going on, so we can stay connected. Amen. So we want to get into the Word today. We've been in our series of messages in between. And uh, when I started that, I had no idea that we would really come into a place where the in-between would be so relevant to us, that something like the coronavirus would begin, it would begin to spread, and we would be caught in between the beginning of the spread of coronavirus and the end of it. And as we've been talking about the different things, I encourage you to go back to your notes and the things that we've said, because you can apply all of those things as to what, what do I do right now? I feel like I'm, I'm stuck in between. When is this going to end? Well, we don't know exactly when it's going to end. I can tell you this, we totally look forward to the time that we can all be together again. It is, uh, I hope you're being blessed. It's just so much different uh, not having you right here in the room, but I know that you're there in, in your room. And I, I can just, you know, what I'm having to do is I can't see your faces here, but I'm picturing you know, just some of you, I'm picturing, you know, Jerry sitting at his kitchen table with his cup of coffee. I won't tell those of you that I'm imagining you sitting around in your pajamas. Uh, some of you that, you know, it looks like you just woke up and tuned in. Your hair is kind of over here and there. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, you might want to wipe that there. All right. So anyway, it's just a little bit different. And so I don't know when it's going to end, but the time that uh, we can get together again, we'll be there. But in between the beginning of this and all the different changes that take place and the end of it, we do know this one thing, that we're still running our race. We still have a purpose given to us by God. We are still lights in the midst of a dark world. We have a purpose. God has a future and a hope for us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. They're good and not evil. They're of a future and a desired outcome. And so we know that Jesus is still the author and the finisher of our faith. When this coronavirus began, Jesus was there. When it ends, Jesus will be there. And in between, Jesus will be there. And as Alan was sharing with us, that you know, this is the victory for us that overcomes the world, our faith 
in what Jesus Christ has done for us. So this morning, I want to I crack something open. We're going to spend today on it, and next Sunday we're going to, to wrap it up because there's three things that we want to talk about. And with this ever-changing world, this ever-changing culture, day by day, you're watching the news, and it changes from uh, 250 people to 50 people to 10 people. We don't know exactly the changes that are going to take place. I can tell you this, that we are praying. We are praying that things turn, excuse me, turn around. I'm believing and I'm praying that even today things turn around. That as soon as possible, I hope there's a report tonight that in Italy, there's not more deaths than the day before, but there's less. Wherever this thing is going, that it's not on the increase, but it begins to stop and turn a different direction. That God begins to really move and, and push back these forces that come against people and that the love of God would prevail and the love of God would move. But as we're looking at this, what do we do in between? And with the ever-changing world, <laughs> we want to look at this. You know, there are in the Bible it says there are three things that remain. There are three things that are so vitally important to our Christian life that no matter what Paul said, though I see through a glass darkly and there will be a day that I will see and known even as I am known. He said, there was a time when I was a child and I played like a child. I, I put with, uh, in childish things. He said, but when I became a man, I put those things away. And he talked about different stages of life and different circumstances of life. But he ended with this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. He said, now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I want to crack this open today and take some time to talk to you about our faith. Right now, as the ever-changing things come, we understand that our faith is vitally important. The things that we believe in and the things that we hold fast to, we don't let them move back and forth. Six o'clock tonight, Pastor Tasha is going to be bringing a message on hope. That hope is an anchor to our soul. Next week, we'll talk about the love of God. And right now, in the time that we live in, that love of God is so powerful. And I'll just say this without going into that whole message. To Right now is a time for the church to actually shine. We don't love simply with human love, but the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit of God. Our expectation of coming to the end of this and being better than the beginning, it says our hope doesn't make us ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. It is a distinguishing factor that Jesus said that they would know that you are my disciples because of your love one for another. With things changing, it's a time, it's easy to get irritated. I'm just here to encourage you that now is the time to walk in the love of God with your children at home every single day. It's a time to see and to operate in the love of God. Husbands and wives, you may not have been together daily as much as you will be in the upcoming days. It's a time to reunite, to rekindle the flame of your love for one another. Don't let the enemy come and bring division and tension, but allow the love of God to spring up in our hearts. It's time to be watching, whether it's Facebook uh, or, or listening or passing by as you go or praying for your neighborhood to extend love to our neighbors. And so we want to share more about that next week, but love is vitally important. But today we want to talk about faith. And 
As Alan said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Our faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, and the value of that blood that he shed for us, gives us an expectation that this coronavirus, these situations that we enter into, into life, they're not going to remain for a long time. This too has come to pass, that there's a plan and a purpose. And understanding this, there's different translations of that. There, Clarence Jordan's translation says, faith is turning dreams into deeds and it's betting your life on unseen realities. And so we understand this and we want to look at this, that faith is not just saying, I believe something. But faith is a conviction of. It's a faithfulness to. It's a reliance upon. It's a trusting in and a faithfulness to God and his word. And at this point in time, it's incredibly important that we stay rooted and grounded within the word of God. And so I want to just share with you just for a few moments three things that I believe will help us if we daily concentrate on these things, uh, build our faith, strengthen our faith, and encourage ourselves at times in our faith. As we talk about these things, I want to encourage you, uh, everybody in the, in the room, everybody by live stream, that as we build ourselves up, we're not just building ourselves up. We're not just looking for us to increase our faith. But as we grow and we concentrate on faith, hope, and love, that it really positions us to be strong in faith. What will that do? Help us to reach out to people who have no faith or who are weak in faith and help strengthen their faith. Where we have a confident expectation, where we have a hope that is anchoring us, that we can bring hope to others. When we develop and walk in the love of God, it helps us to reach out to others. And so our very purpose as a church that we've labeled is to love, to lift, and to reach others. And so these three things, as we concentrate on those, let's not just concentrate for ourselves, but let's build ourselves up that we truly might minister these things to others. So number one, the number one aspect that will affect our faith, growing in our faith or not, is our thoughts. I talked to you on Facebook this week about that, but it's incredibly important what we think. One of my fathers in the faith, he used to say this all the time, that the mind is the arena of faith. And over the past couple of weeks, you may have felt like your mind was an arena. You might have felt like it was a boxing arena. One day you have opposing thoughts, and then you get yourself under control, and you start to think about the Word of God. And about the time you just think you're getting on top of that with the Word of God, you hear another bad report of something that's happening, and it, it tries to get you to concern. But I'm here to tell you that God has created us to have victory in our thought life. Because where the enemy would try to get you toppled to steal your peace and to steal your joy, to affect you, to become self-centered instead of reaching out, it begins in our thoughts and how we think about the day that we're in. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 from the New Living Translation. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I like the way that he says that, first of all, that 
He will keep us in perfect peace. But our thoughts need to be fixed on him. As Hebrews chapter 12 says that we're looking unto Jesus, we cast aside the sin, the weight, the distractions that would keep us from running our race, the thoughts that would get us to go to the left hand or to the right hand. But we keep our focus on the author and the finisher, Jesus. What has Jesus done for us? What has the word of God said about our victory over circumstances like this? Are you thinking about the defeat? Are you thinking and allowing fear and doubt to flood your thought life and to make you shift from here to there? Are we fixing our thoughts on what the word of God has said to us? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 3, says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, there's a test that we can take, almost a litmus test. It says, taking every thought captive, every thought, not just some thoughts, but every thought. When the thoughts come, when you're listening to the news, when you're talking to somebody, and all of a sudden thoughts start to spring up, what about this? When thoughts of doubt, when thoughts of despair begin to do that, what do we do? Do we allow those to settle in? Do we allow those to begin to reside and take up residence in our mind? Or do we take them captive? Heard one person say this, do we quarantine them? Do we take them captive? And why would we take them captive? We want to grab that thought right away. When that thought comes, I wonder if this is going to come to my house. Oh, is it going to spread even more? When that thought comes, do you just let it run or do you grab it right away and take it captive? And why would you take it captive? Because you want to take that thought and you want to set that thought right up next to the word of God and begin to examine, is this not the word of God? And if it's starting in in my life to elevate in my thought life above the word of God, I have to have it captive so that I can throw that thought down, that I can examine. So every thought that comes as we calculate our decisions based on that thinking, we should always put that thought up next to the word of God. It says we captivate that. We bring our thoughts into the obedience of Christ. What do we do when thoughts come? We have to stop for a moment and say, is that a God thought? Or is that a devil thought? Where's that thought coming from? Is that thought creating fear? Is that thought creating doubt? Is that thought really beginning to capture and overcome my life with those kind of things? If it is, we know that's a devil thought. We have to cast that down. If the thought is the thought that encourages me, we're going to get through this. Uh, uh, You know, I'm going to be stronger at the end. I'm going to grow in God. The blood of Jesus covers my family and my home. It's those thoughts that we want to grab a hold of and encourage ourselves in that way. So if our faith is going to grow and our faith is going to build, we're going to have to grab a hold of our thoughts. And in this time, I just want to encourage you, you can do that. You can do that. We've been talking in New Creation Church for really a couple of years, especially on the Sunday night service, of developing our inward man. It's so easy to go and allow your your mind, your will, and your emotions to just really how I feel about the day and what I think about the day to dominate you. 
But today, right now, is really a time to say, you know what, I'm going to listen to my inward man. I'm going to listen to the thoughts that come from my spirit. I'm going to listen to the thoughts that, that as the spirit of God is leading me and guiding me. So we've been developing our inner man. We've been allowing the Holy Spirit to produce on the inside of us. And now is a time that we allow our thoughts to be governed by the inward man, by the word of God, and not by the changing information of the day. Secondly, it's very important as we develop our faith, and if we're going to see our faith abide and stay strong in this time, we'll have to watch our words. How easy is it to just get caught up in the conversation of what's going on with the coronavirus? How easy is it to get caught and find all of a sudden I'm speaking some words that are, are negative? But Romans chapter 10 verse 8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. God has ministered to us and the word is near you. It's not just around you, but it's near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. So now's the time to take what has been placed in your heart over all these years and begin to allow what comes out of your mouth to be critically important in establishing the path that you will take over the upcoming weeks. Job chapter 22 verse 28 says, you will, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. He says, listen, the thing that you're declaring will be established. And if we're declaring the word of God for the future days to come, if we're declaring the health and the healing that was provided by the blood of Jesus, if we're uh, uh, declaring strength in our inner man as we develop, if we're declaring that this virus needs to stop, if we're declaring our love for God and our love for people, then it will be established as we declare it. If we declare that we will continue to prosper and whatever we set our hand to prospers and no weapon formed against us will prosper, if we begin to declare that I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me, that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor things present or things to come, life, death, any other created thing, nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus my Lord. If I declare thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in every situation and in every place, and that victory that he provides for me releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God. If I declare that I'm an overcomer in Christ Jesus, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that Christ is strengthening me from the inside out, that the power that I have this treasure in an earthen vessel, and the power is not of me, the power is of God. So even if I'm hard-pressed on every side, I'm not crushed. Even if I'm perplexed, I don't go into despair. Even if I'm persecuted, I am not forsaken. What is it that we're declaring? Because if we declare, it says it will be established. And as it's established, it will bring light. It will bring revelation to our path. Sometimes we're saying, what way should I go? Right now, I'm not sure which way I should go. Begin to declare the word of God, and it will bring light to your path. In Mark, the fourth chapter, you all know this story. Jesus had preached and and uh, uh, he told his disciples, he said, we're going to get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side of the lake. And 
So he jumped in the boat right away, and, and, and Jesus fell asleep, and the, the disciples are taking the boat to the other side of the lake, and as they were doing that, in between the launch point and the landing point, in between, guess what happened? A storm. A storm took place, and it began to be such a storm, it started to rock up, and, and really... Uh, Waves started to come over the bow, reports that they were going to die, reports that this was going to sink their boat, reports of the virus increasing, reports of this, reports of that, tossing to and fro and everything. And they look around and they said, wow, Jesus must not care about us. He's asleep in the back of the boat. Sometimes we feel like that, you know, does anybody care? But really, Jesus was giving us a demonstration that faith has rest in the midst of a storm. See, Jesus had faith in his heart, and so he was at rest even in the midst of the storm. Why? Because he had declared, we are going to the other side. And he had declared, and he knew the beginning from the end, and he knew if he declared, we're going to the other side, we're going to the other side. But they woke him up, and they shook him, and, you know, they, decl- they just told him, he said, don't you care? We are dying. But Jesus knew they weren't dying. He had them. Jesus has got you. Amen? Even in the midst of your storm. But listen to what he said. It says, then he arose, verse 39 of Mark chapter 4. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea. Sometimes we read over that. But Jesus actually spoke to the wind, and to the sea. Jesus gave us a demonstration of the power and the authority that is in our words, not to just speak out, not to just cry out to God, but to be able in our faith to declare with our words that these things need to come to pass. He said to the wind and to the waves, be still, and they were still. He was giving us an active demonstration of what he was about and would share with his disciples about the faith of God and faith in God. Mark chapter 11, verse 22, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So it's very vital in this time that we watch what we say. We watch what we say in conversation. We watch what we declare. And right here, it's going to be very important what we say when we pray. What we say when we pray. Because this will be a great place to begin to bow our knee, begin to declare and agree with God about what he said concerning our life, concerning our bodies, concerning the hope that is within us, what he said about our future, to be agreeing with him. Lastly, I want to share with you something that might sound strange at the beginning, but just stay with me. So we want to grow in this area, now abide faith, hope, and love. We're talking about faith this morning. Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Not just when things are going good. Every day, good or bad, up or down, we live by 
faith. And so we're talking about components of our faith that are very important, what you're thinking about, what you're saying. But thirdly, what are you believing? What are you believing? You say, Pastor, well, I'm having faith, so I'm believing. But like I said, it's just a little bit more than believing. Faith is a conviction of the truthfulness of God and His Word. It's an adherence to, it's a reliance upon, it's a faithfulness to. And so we have to be careful that in these times that we don't just drift in our heart and drift in our believing with the news that comes. And so Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, the writer of Hebrews is warning people. He says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He said, listen, this is something that you have to be aware of, that a heart of unbelief begins to start to cause you to drift and depart from the things of God. And so these things we're talking about are helping if we make sure we keep our thoughts on Him. If we make sure we keep our words in line with the Word of God, it's an aspect of protecting our heart. It's a place where we're thinking about the right things, we're declaring the right things, but we also want to check What's in my heart? What am I believing? Am I believing the reports that come daily from the media? Am I believing the reports that I'm hearing? There may be facts to that, but are we believing the report of the Lord? Just beware that you don't begin to drift in your heart. Listen, there's a time and the enemy would try to bring us to a place of wavering. But Romans chapter 4 verse 20 says this, He did not waver, speaking of Abraham, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he strengthened, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform. So this is when things start to pull on you different ways. Don't waver. Don't waver, but strengthen your faith by giving glory to God. When you wonder, just start to praise God. Put on a a praise thing. Begin to look at the word of God. Give glory to God because God is well able to perform the things that he promised to us. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, Paul said this to Timothy. He said, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. Do you know whom you have believed? Are you persuaded that he's able to keep and to guard all that you've committed unto him? 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Now abide faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love, but it begins with faith. Grace makes everything available. Faith makes it possible. I like what a friend of mine said. He said this, Faith believes that impossible things can become possible. Fear believes that possible things are impossible. And so when you say, you know what, there's an end to this, fear says, maybe not, maybe it's impossible, maybe it'll never end. But faith, when somebody says it won't end, declares it will end, it's possible. All things are possible to him that believes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Fear comes by hearing and hearing an evil report. So this week, I just encourage you to watch your thoughts, watch your words, check your heart, grow in faith so that you can share your faith 
with those around you. Praise the Lord. If you're viewing with us today and you say, you know what? I really don't have any faith. I've never put my trust in God. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to take just a moment. If that's you and you're viewing with us, you say, you know what? I've been afraid in this time. I've been troubled. I've been concerned. Jesus came to save your life, to give you a hope of eternal life through him and a relationship that you can walk daily with him and know the strength that he provides in your life. So if you're watching, everybody, if you'll just join with me and we'll pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And this morning, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I receive your sacrifice for me. And I call you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, the Bible says that Jesus came into your heart to be the Lord of your life. If you prayed that for the first time, go on to our app. Let us know that you prayed that for the first time. We want to just be able to acknowledge you and, and, and uh, send you some stuff that will help you along the way. Uh, we're so grateful that you joined us today. And uh, boy, if you accepted Jesus as Lord of your life, we're rejoicing with you. Your future and your hope are greater than you ever imagined. Praise the Lord. Why don't you say this with me as we go? Say, what God did in Christ Jesus, far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall.